Hi guys, it's Amina again. Um, so this is the second part of my podcast, of my PCOS podcast series, sorry. Um, and uh, so I think the last podcast we, well, I <laughs> talked about what PCOS is, um, you know, what causes is, diagnosis, and just a little bit more of a medical background into it. Um, for your information. Um, this podcast, I actually wanted to go into treatment. Um, so I ended the last podcast on explaining that lifestyle is the most important thing when treating PCOS. Um, and that incorporates exercise, diet and supplements. Um, not to say that medications don't have a role. It just depends on what we are trying um, to treat. Okay. The first thing I ask patients to do before I, before we kind of talk about treatment or anything is I ask them to keep a diary, okay? Um, now, and this diary, it's actually really important. And the, the older I get, I mean, uh, look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm 35, but I will say this, but because I've lived with PCOS for so long, um, well, I've known about that. I, well, I've known I've had PCOS for about 15 years now. Um, the more I've realized how important it is. So diary, what would you include in it? What you ate, okay? Um, what you're eating on a day-to-day -day basis. Your skin condition, what that's like every single day. Um, whether you've gained weight or you've lost weight. Um, and I'm not advocating um, weighing yourself every single day, but I think for a small period of time, either be it two weeks or actually one cycle. So whatever one cycle is for you. And I'll explain in a minute why I would want you to do that. And um, I would want you to track. Um, so I said weight and then um, hunger levels and mood. Okay, so all of these things that I have just mentioned are... Um, are actually influenced by hormones, okay? So, um, and I will go through them one by one. So food, skin, um, weight, hunger. Yeah, yes, I am writing this down. Um, and, oh my God, I forgot the last one. Um, mood. Okay, right. Sorry, please bear with me. Um, yeah, the twins have been getting up super, super early um, because of the sun, which is great. I love the sun, but it doesn't mean I want to be woken up at five o'clock every day. Anyway, so all five of these things are influenced by your hormones. And why, why is it helpful? Because when you know what part of your cycle does what you know what to expect and you know how then to overcome the symptoms that are bothering you for example um skin skin your my skin especially changes according to the hormones and where i am in my cycle so i actually change the products i use based on where i am in my cycle i would not use harsher ex exfoliants um right before my period because it would completely break down my skin barrier. Um, I would actually stop using a lot of products 
um, in the middle of my cycle where my skin is at the best because I feel like because I've been using treatments throughout it's the one time I can stop using treatments just to give my skin a little time to breathe just for a day or two so I mean it's just little things like that and you will soon realize yourself um, what your skin does throughout your cycle and then according you use products accordingly that's one example um the second one would be weight you may notice that your weight will increase the second half of the cycle and that is so you realize that it's not the fact that you've actually put on actual fat it's bloating it's water retention which is very normal right before your period um hunger for me that's a tricky one i don't know a lot about a lot of for a lot of you but for me I get ravenous abs like I can have 100 grams of protein 120 grams of protein um in the two weeks before my period and I will never be full but if I eat the same during my period or after I can't eat the rest of the day so um and I don't gain weight that is the thing I do not gain weight with that hunger um so and I, and, and it's good to track it because then I'm less, I beat myself less up over it. I mean, we have this thing of, oh my God, I ate too much. I can't, you know, um, but that has really helped me change my mindset. Um, mood is a given. I'm not going to go into that. Um, and food as well. So what foods affect you? So a lot of the times um, there are certain foods you crave at certain points. How are they affecting you? Are they giving you stomach issues? Are they making you gain weight? Are they changing your skin? Are they making you feel really sluggish and tired? All those things. And if you actually do this for a couple of cycles, two, three cycles, you will then know what to expect and how to overcome it. Um, and I just wish I'd known this before because I've actually only, I actually just did this a few years ago. Um, <clears throat> and now I really use this information based on where I am in the cycle. Okay. So diaries are really important, I think, and it's great to look back, look back retrospectively. So, um, right, let's go into the three things I mentioned about lifestyle. So exercise, exercise is so important. And I think Zeb says that all the time and it's not, you know, no one's advocate. Right. So there are pages on Instagram, um, which say do not do high intensity exercise because it increases your cortisol and you're not going to lose weight. Okay. So, and it really makes me mad because you should be able to do whatever exercise you want to do. I'm not saying you have to do high intensity exercise. You don't like it. You don't have to. Um, but if you want to go to a class, you want to go to a hit class or you want to do some aerobics or you want to lift heavy, you know, you, you, you want to go for a run, you can, right? If that's what you like and if that's what you want to do, you should be able to. You will hear cortisol a lot. It is all over the internet. Um, and it's all about how if you um, are able to reduce your cortisol, you will lose weight. That, that That's really the bottom line, isn't it? Cortisol is an, yet another hormone in our body. Yes. Um, and it is released in response to stress. Okay. Short bursts of cortisol are not harmful. I'll say that again. Short bursts of cortisol are not harmful. Like what you say? Um, exercise. So when you're exercising, cortisol goes high, but that's temporary. Um, and it, it goes back down to baseline after you stopped. Um, it is a response. It's a physiological response for the body. The body needs that burst of cortisol, um, which then stimulates. I, I'm not going to go into it, but it's, it's, it's not harmful to have that cortisol increased. Cortisol is also increased when you're stressed. 
when you know when your heart is beating really fast that fight or flight response and cortisol becomes a problem when it is chronically elevated which means it is um the cortisol levels are very high or higher than normal for a very long period of time okay and what is the main cause of that stress stress and anxiety that is what causes it so i think what is I feel what I would say to you is if you are very stressed out, if you're very anxious, please try to get help because that in itself will, it it just calms the body down and it will help you lose weight. Exercising, the, the cortisol bursts during exercise are not what's stopping you from losing weight. Okay. So I completely refute those. Um, so you don't need low you don't only need low intensity workouts you can do moderate moderate intensity or high intensity workouts if you wish to do so um do whatever exercise you wish all i will say is please incorporate weights that is what i will say that muscle mass is what helps with reducing insulin resistance um it helps with your helps with weight management as well it it it's it's the weights weights are really important and i would highly advocate that and it doesn't have to be seriously heavy weights but remember if you're starting from nothing even a couple kilos is resistance it's resistance it's weight resistance um and i would say for pcos as well uh, what i've noticed and what i've seen patients respond to is actually going on walks um uh, you know, and not just to stroll down the road and back, but actual, you know, really scheduling walks. It doesn't, there's no magic number. 10,000 steps, It it's not a magic number. Aim, ha- have some aims. So for example, my aim, I'm busy, right? I have two kids. Um, I actually have to take care of my in-laws as well. Um, so I'm actually doing a lot of stuff for the house. I, I run the house basically, and I go to work, take care of the kids, do everything like a lot of you. And, um, you know, so my goal actually is I would like to do 5,000 steps a day. For me, that is my goal and I can hit it easily because I'm so active. And then if I'm working out, if I want to go for a walk, I might say, okay, today I want to do a 3K or a 5K. But again, there's no magic number. I, I You know, it's not bad if you only manage to do 2K. It's not bad if you're only doing 4,000 steps a day. Yeah, if you were only doing about 500 to 1,000 a day, 3,000 is great, right? So look at what you're doing now and increase that slowly and get up to it because remember if it's unrealistic it's not realistic for you if you if you don't exercise and then you say i'm going to do 5k every day that is not realistic and it's not sustainable you might be able to pull it off for a week but you're not going to be able to pull it off essentially for the rest of your life what it is it's a lifestyle change um this it's not a crash diet it's not and i think zeb talks about this a lot it's you're changing your lifestyle and that is what is most beneficial to you. So that is what I will say about exercise. Diet. And I, again, I actually agree with the diet. Everything that Zeb says, you, all the diet advice Zeb gives is excellent. And that is, it's absolutely correct. I have, um, there is another podcast that I did. And it did discuss certain, um, I think, you know, gluten-free and dairy-free for PCOS. And I did talk about that. But I will say it again, there is no evidence that supports it um 
Gluten-free diets will only help you if you have celiac disease or if you are gluten intolerant. If you are not, they will not work. So you're basically depriving yourself and, you know, for nothing. But also if someone says, oh, I've actually lost so much weight going gluten-free and, you know, I've cut out bread and all that. Yeah, they have and they, they're not, you know, gluten intolerant or they don't have celiac disease. It's because automatically when you take out those starchy um, carbs, you're automatically reducing calories. So essentially they're just in a calorie deficit again. Okay. Um, dairy, again, a lot of people, now, now dairy is one of those things where you can be outright lactose intolerant or you might notice a few symptoms whilst you're on dairy. For me, dairy actually really messes up my skin. Okay. Um, and so I kind of, I stick to lactose free milk, but I'll have skim milk in my coffee. It's not that much. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't eat a lot of cheese, basically don't really have that much dairy. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's not a big deal for me, but if you notice that you're bloated a lot, um, or if you have symptoms with dairy, cut it out, see what happens. But again, you don't have to do that. There is no conclusive evidence that, that cutting out large groups of food are going to help you lose weight. Okay. Um, and that is, it, there's so many fads out there on Instagram and on TikTok and, and, you know, I just want you to be careful because I will repeat myself. You want something that you can continue essentially for the rest of your life and not something just for the next two weeks. Okay. Change your mindset. It takes time. It will take time. It will take months for you to um, change those habits. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about weight loss and things I'm talking about. P and, and I'm talking, I'm not talking from weight loss perspective. I'm talking about from a PCOS perspective. Um, and lastly, supplements. So supplements are blowing up on the internet. I have seen, um, and I just wanted to talk about them. Supplements are great. Okay. If you know what you're using and why you're using it, I don't advocate the use of multivitamins regularly, unless there is a reason if you had bariatric surgery, for example, um, because I actually like to take targeted vitamins. So number one, what I will actually advise you is when you get blood tests, if you, if you are about to get blood tests, just ask them for an iron check as well. Um, inevitably most of you will have low iron and you want your iron levels to be about 70. Okay, this is the NHS um, units. And the range of normal starts at 15. So if your iron levels are 15, 16, the GP surgery most likely is going to say it's normal, but you need it higher, especially if you want to grow your hair back um, for tiredness, all those things. So get your iron levels checked and get an iron prescription. Um, what is that, Feridix? I don't know, what, 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 do, what do you get at Tesco or, or the pharmacy? Uh, those are, you know, they have nothing. They It's so negligible, the amount of iron. It's a waste of money, okay? I would rather you pay the £9.60 for your prescription to get iron, uh, to get the iron tablets, and you don't need to take them every day. Again, myth, and this has to do with absorption of iron. I'm not going to get into that. But, uh, you know, even if you take one a day, one every other day, one a week for maintenance, that is more than enough for you to get that iron, your iron needs, okay? Um, so it, it is really important, actually, if you're feeling tired, you're losing hair and things, hair iron levels checked. So 
back to um, supplements for PCOS specifically. First one is vitamin D. Vitamin D is so important and we are all deficient in it. Um, and don't tell me you sit out in the sun because I lived in the Middle East and I was so deficient in vitamin D that I needed injections for three weeks. So no, that is not an excuse. Get your vitamin D checked. And um, if you are deficient severely, take the high dose vitamins. I think that they usually prescribe once one a week. Um, or uh, take the daily over-the-counter ones. If your vitamin D levels are great, they're at a good level, have some supplements and take them about once or twice a week, okay? You don't want to overdo it because too much vitamin D can cause toxicity. Um, but basically, it is very common. Vitamin D deficiency is actually very common in PCOS. Um, and vitamin D is a hormone which actually helps reproductive health it helps with the hormones, with, with your sex hormones um, and for ovarian health. So for ovulation, we talked about that in the last um, podcast, um, it helps with ovulation, it helps with your mood. And actually lower levels of vitamin D can make PCOS symptoms worse. So you might notice that, um, you know, PMS, for example, much worse. And I actually noticed it. My PMS was significantly worse when I was deficient in um, vitamin D. So that's really important. I would say a minimum what you need if you are just slightly under um, is probably about 400 international units a day. Okay. Um, that can be equal to maybe say... A thousand units every two, two to three days, but it's so important for you to take that. Um, so magnesium again has been, uh, you know, blown up on the internet, and it's great. I really like magnesium. Magnesium is one of those uh, minerals that is beneficial if you take with all the other supplements. So I'm going to mention a few more, and with the vitamin D, um, it helps reduce inflammation. That's what studies have shown. And um, it de also decreases your cortisol and your anxiety. There are many, many, many different kinds of magnesium. Um, the ones you need to take are magnesium glycinate or magnesium bisglycinate or magnesium citrate. Magnesium citrate also helps with constipation. Forget the rest because they don't absorb well and they won't do what you what, what you want it to do um zinc is another one i really like zinc as well um and it really helps with um producing insulin uh minimum i would say of 30 to 50 milligrams a day take some copper with it um it's again it's anti-inflammatory um it's antioxidant high in antioxidants it also helps with your reproductive health and your sex hormones it really helps with your immunity and i actually really like taking zinc with vitamin c in the winters because it really just if so for example if i do get a cold it's not as long as it used to be um i really do like it and it also regulates the male sex hormones so like we talked about in the last podcast a lot of you will, will will have been told that you have high levels of testosterone or androgens and this actually decreases it and the one of the things that i really like about zinc is that it the 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 technical term it blocks prostaglandins now what are prostaglandins they are essentially proteins released in the body <clears throat> and they cause a lot of pain so all those cramps you're getting you know before your period or during your period um, those are caused by prostaglandins. Zinc blocks them. So actually your periods become less painful. Again, I can vouch for that. It has happened to me, but but that is user bias. I want you to find out yourself. It's not the only thing, like I, like I mentioned, it does have many other benefits as well. Um, and omega-3. Omega-3 is really good. It's not only, forget PCOS for a second, 
decreases your risk of heart disease. It decreases your cholesterol, but it also dec- it decreases your male sex hormones, your androgens as well. So again, it's great to have. Um, just pro tip, take omega-3 and vitamin D together because they help each other absorb. The rest you can take throughout the day. Um, and just just have a chat with your um, with your GP about taking it, because, especially if you're on other medications, such as thyroid medications and things, then you just have to be careful about when you take supplements, okay? Um, so those are the main ones. I wanted to touch base on two things. One is inositol. Um, I know that it's really been pushed for PCOS, and it does have a role in hormone regulation. It's basically a sugar in the body um and so it controls menstruation and it stimulates the growth of eggs so it helps with ovulation and hence why lots of women with pcos have found it beneficial if but actually i've had patients that have not found it beneficial so it is worth taking that is what i would say um lastly spearmint tea um I've done a lot of research about it and I have started to take it as well. It is primarily anti-androgenic. What does that mean? Blocks your male sex hormones. Well, doesn't block them, reduces them to what what they should be. And, you know, people say, oh, you need to have two cups a day, whatever it is. I, you know, and I've actually seen it because I've recommended it to patients that they've noticed that there's less hair growth on their face. Helps with weight loss. Um, and it's actually... There's no harm in trying it, whether it's one cup a day or two cups a day. So yeah, that that was that. Those were the main um, supplements and lifestyle things I want to talk to you about. But I think the bottom line here is you're not going to notice a difference in a week and not even a month. You need to do these things for at least three months, three to six months, I would say, to actually start noticing a difference in your PCOS. But also, if you are healthier, if you feel healthier. That is important too, because not everything is about losing weight. Um, weight loss is great. And yes, it is important if you are um, overweight and you need to lose the weight. But it's also about being healthy and being strong um, and, you know, feeding your body good things. I think we need to change our mindset from, oh, I want to be skinny to I want to be healthy. Okay. Um Again, if you have any questions or if you want me to talk about something more in depth, please let us know and um, I will definitely get back to you.